Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ayo. You know, since we've been talking about the various vibrations, you know, the three positions of vibration on the wave of eternal vibration, we've been talking about non-duality versus duality or oneness versus duality. We've been talking about all the elements or the realms of the mind, the body, the spirit. So today what I want to do is I'm going to talk to you guys about the desires of the soul so that maybe you won't be so hard on yourselves about things and allow a little bit of pleasure into your life intentionally, like with intention to be okay with it. Because here's the thing, brothers, when we talk about the soul, really what I mean is the alpha state, right? The alpha state, the beta condition. You know, I've made this distinction before in many podcast episodes, but utilizing different terminology to really always talk about the same thing. We talk about conditioning, we talk about stories, we talk about illusion, we talk about the ego, it's all the beta condition. And then we talk about the eternal self, the eternal spirit, the eternal soul. We talk about the watcher, the observer, you know, the true self, the energetic self, the alpha state. And so to understand these differences, I'm going to give you one more, another example of how they're so different, of how when we contrast the beta condition and the alpha state together, you'll see that there's a very large difference, which really all comes back to completeness versus incompleteness or lack versus abundance, totality, scarcity versus abundance or totality versus lack. We're going to talk about these difference between the needs and desires because we say that the psyche or the mind, the beta condition has needs, right? The beta condition has needs and they extend to the body. That's why the beta condition likes to utilize the body for its identification purposes. You see, your true self, brother, your true self knows that your body is a vessel. Your body is a vehicle. Your body is a way to experience the illusion. And again, when I say the illusion, make sure you understand, like, I'm not talking about what's not real because the third dimension is real. The third dimension is as real as the fifth dimension, right? It's, it's as real, you know, the form, the matter, the density is as real as the vibration. It's as real as the astral, right? It's as real as the vibration, the energy. That's why Einstein gave us that equation. Energy equals mass times the speed of light squared. Now, the speed of light squared is a constant. So really what we're saying is that energy equals mass. That's what Einstein's saying. Energy equals mass times a constant. That constant is constant. So whatever that constant is, we're really just getting energy from mass. So they're really the same thing. Energy is everything. Everything is energy. And everything, therefore, has some kind of mass to it. And then when we talk about the neutrino field, we talk about everything being energy. And that's where the alpha state comes from. It comes from that realm of energy. And that's real. It's just as real as the third dimension, which I call illusion. But that's not to say it's not real. It's to say it's just constantly being made. It's constantly undergoing change. The realm of energy is eternal. It's changeless. It's immutable. That's the alpha state. That's the soul, the self, the Atman. That's where the trueness, the true nature of your energetic blueprint or your spiritual fingerprint comes from. Everything in the realm of form, all the molecules and cells and matter and density, this is a part of the quote-unquote illusion, but not the illusion that says, like I say, it's not that it's not real. It's still very real. 
It's just that it's always being made. It's always undergoing change. And therefore, because it's always undergoing change, we call it an illusion. We call it something that cannot have permanence. It has no permanence. So when we put our allegiance, when we put our trust, when we put our self, when we put our attention, our awareness, our consciousness into that, and when I say that, I mean the matter, the density of the third dimension, we're always going to be on shaky ground because it's always changing. But when we unite, when we connect with, when we bond, when we recognize, when we wake up and we realize the truth, that we are the energy, that we are the eternal, that we are the soul, the Atman, the self, depending on the background. Then we're standing on firm ground, a solid foundation, because we're standing on the immutable. And so the mind, the beta condition, in this constantly changing, it's like, it's like trying to build a house on quicksand, right? It has needs, right? The mind, the psyche has needs. The body has needs. The needs of the body are quite simple, and you know the needs of the body, right? When the body needs to rest, it needs to drink, it needs to eat food, <laughs> it needs to temperature regulate, right? All the needs of the body. But the needs of the beta condition, the needs of the ego, whatever you want to call it, again, beta condition, ego, the needs of the conditioning, because it's on that quicksand, because it's resting in and uniting with the realm of form, which is constantly being made, it's constantly in a state of change. It's undergoing that change and therefore having a perspective coming from a position of lack. It needs what it doesn't think it has because it sees the space between. And the needs of the mind, the needs of the psyche, the needs of the beta condition, the needs of the ego, whatever you, you know, the needs are to feel loved, right? To feel safe, to feel significant, to feel celebrated to be seen, to be heard, right? That other people are proud of it, right? Of the identity <laughs> of the story. That other people are proud of the story. That other people's stories are proud of your story. I know it's wild, but it's the truth. It's the needs of the ego. It's the identity. It's a ghost. It doesn't exist. It exists only as a story in your mind, but it has these needs. And so one of the needs is for other stories to be proud of its story, to other stories to be significant, to find it significant for other stories to help create a story of its safety. <laughs> and I know it's a wild thing, but it's still there. It exists, and we work with this. And we work with this at a cognitive level. But the soul doesn't have needs. You know, the soul, and again, I use the word soul, the true self, the alpha state doesn't have needs because it's complete. Nothing complete ever has a need because it needs nothing. You know, the idea of a need comes from a sense of lack. So the soul doesn't need, doesn't have needs the way the psyche and the body has needs. It has desires. And these desires are not to complete it because it's already complete. It's already eternal, changeless, immutable in a totality, in a complete way. But it does have desires. And again, I'm not talking about desires here, brother, where we add an attachment because there's not a desire with attachment because that leads to expectation. And that comes from the psyche. That comes from the mind, the beta condition. I'm talking about just the desire to be, to experience, and there's four of them. And it's really why the soul essentially removes itself from oneness to experience itself in human form, in the vehicle of, of a human body. Again, how I say this <laughs> is going to depend largely on how you interpret it. But understand that it's not the body that we are. We are the soul inhabiting the body for the purpose of experiencing this desire that the soul has. And there's four of them. There's four of these 
desires. Now, briefly, the desires are for purpose, right? The drive to become what we're meant to become. And we talk about purpose. Purpose, again, the soul doesn't come down here for the same quote-unquote purpose that the mind might think that it does, right? Because the mind has its own idea of purpose, but that has to do with the needs of the psyche. As I just mentioned, that has to do with the needs to feel significant, right? You might imagine that your purpose, coming from the beta condition, coming from the ego, has something to do with fame, fortune, wealth, notoriety, right? Legacy, all of these things. That's really the story. That's the ego. That's the not-self. The purpose is quite different for the soul. It's a unique purpose. It's what you came into this world to fulfill. And again, brother, it's energetic because I'm not talking about doing this, right? We're talking about the soul. We're not talking about the ego out there in this world of form. The soul, it comes from the energy. It's the energetic realm. So actually come back to that. We'll talk about that in a moment. What that means, I'll go deeper into that in a little bit. That's number one, though, the desire for purpose, to fulfill its energetic purpose. Number two is a desire for means, right? For money, security, health, to prosper in this world. That's number two. And again, that's why it comes to this world, to experience this world. And the soul then desires the things of this world. And you might even hear in there when I say the word health, that we're talking about the needs of the body. The needs of the body to eat, to drink, to rest, to temperature regulate, to have shelter. These are parts of the desires of the soul because the soul has come to use the body as a vehicle, as a way of experiencing. So, of course, having those desires, having those things, those physical things, those neutral elements of energy are part of the soul's desires. It's a part of why the soul came here, <laughs> to this dimension, to this planet, to this material realm. That's number two. Number three is the desire for pleasures. Pleasures like intimacy, beauty, and love. And recognize here that number two and number three are different. Number two is the desire for the circumstance, is the desire for the physical stuff, the molecules, the density, the matter, the things. Whereas the third is desire for the pleasure, the vibrations, the connections, the experiences. So I say things like beauty, intimacy, and love because it's truly more of an inner experience than what is the outer experience. And then the fourth is a desire for spiritual fulfillment and lasting freedom, a connection with the all-oneness, the remembering, essentially the remembering of the truth, remembering that you never were not connected, that you have always been connected. Of course, in many ways, cannot not be connected. <laughs> You're always this way. And not to take it too, into too much of a digression here, brothers, but understand that when we talk about the soul, when we talk about the nature of the soul or this idea of an energetic being, not the story in your mind, not the identity that you've created, right? Because that's the beta condition, brothers. If you ever want to know what is the beta condition, the beta condition is a story. It'd be like opening up your head and reading a book. These are all the things that you think you are. These are all the things that you think other people are. These are all the things you think about the world, right? It's a story. You, you've made up this perception. You've made up this idea. And of course, that changes. 
changes during your lifetime as you learn things, but it changes collectively as well. But I'm talking about the energetic you. I'm talking about the energetic you, the true nature of self, not the story, not the illusion, not the fabrication, not the, not the ego, but the you that existed before the body, the you that existed before that moment of conception. And so the soul has come here for these desires to be fulfilled. But the concept of desire coming from the soul may seem strange, right? Because again, but I'm talking about the eternal changelessness of it. That it's, it's essentially, there's two types, I don't want to say types, there's two souls, right? There's the soul that is the oneness, and then there's the soul that's the individual. It's almost like there's a break between the two. And that's where the duality hits. That's where we shift from one to two. That's where we go from the unity consciousness, the I am consciousness, the trueness of the kingdom of heaven is within you, right? The dwelling in the heart of every living creature. This is from the Upanishads, right? The Upanishad says that the soul is omnipresent. It's the dwelling in the heart of every living creature. It's the inner self of all, hidden like a little flame in the heart. In the New Testament, of course, it says, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth within you and all of that. Of course, in the Vedas, it says it as well. I am one with the absolute. It says it everywhere. Right? That's what we're talking about, the oneness, the all oneness. But then there's the individual soul as well. It's your spiritual thumbprint. It's your energetic blueprint. And we use all kinds of different frameworks, all kinds of different ways <laughs> to find this. So we talk about, again, we're talking about your dharma, your purpose. Because it is unique. You do have a unique energetic blueprint. It's like I say, we use all kinds of frameworks. You can use astrology. You can use human design. You can use gene keys. And I use them all, spiral dynamics. It is that part of you from the moment you were conceived that determines your uniqueness, your distinct capacities, your talents, your challenges, as well as your inclinations and your desires. And so like I say, that very first one, your purpose is very, very specific. It is the most overriding of the four desires, the longing for purpose, the drive to be and to become who you are meant to be. Now, in very simple terms, it's a drive to fulfill your potential. It is the inherent drive of every being to thrive, every living organism. But it's also the impulse towards altruism, the inner longing, known or unknown, of every individual to add his own unique luster to the gem of creation. I am not talking about your career, right? We're not talking about life path. We're not talking about work. Again, we're talking about energy, brother, energy. And I explain this much more deeply, both in the academy and in the path, as you make the shift from the beta condition to the alpha state, because the beta condition is utilizing all the stories, right? To the beta condition, your dharma, your purpose, your path is your career. It is what you do for a living. But what I'm talking about specifically places what you do, your work, your career, your occupation, as well as all the other roles that you play in the world within a larger context of serving the universe through your being, through your vibrational energetic state. And that's why it's so important, this purpose, this path, that's the first of the soul's desires. The second arises for the means necessary to accomplish that. 
right? Understand that, remember, the second is the material resources, right? That's the sole second desire is for money, food, physical well-being, to have a roof over your head. And it would be difficult without those things to do any type of purpose fulfillment at all. It might not even be possible. Now, here's what drives the beta condition crazy. Here's what drives the ego crazy. The particulars and the scope of what each of us, of each individual soul, each individual human being will need to fulfill our desire or fill our drive to fulfill our purpose will vary from individual to individual. Because some people fulfilling their purpose need very little and others need a whole lot. But the soul knows and it always attracts what it needs. Because the soul's desire is not confined to material wealth or to abundance. The desire includes all the means necessary to fulfill your soul's destiny. That's where trust comes in. That's where faith comes in. You know, Jeff Bezos, his soul's desire needed a certain level of wealth, whereas Mahatma Gandhi, his soul's desire included fasting, meditation, and prayer. He even made the clothes he wore. He spun the yarn himself. So when we talk about the needs, or the means, I should say, not the needs, but the means necessary to accomplish your purpose, we are talking about the physical stuff. We're talking about how healthy you are, right? That your health is going to be exactly what it needs to be in order for you to fulfill your purpose. Your financial wealth is going to be what it needs to be. Your desire for more comes from the ego, comes from the beta condition. Unless, and hear me out on this, this is where we do the coaching, right? This is where we do the guiding. Unless it's your soul's purpose that has a dharma, that has a purpose requiring more, in which case you will receive more. There will be more. Your soul will attract more means. It will attract more means necessary. Again, that can be money. That can be food. That can be health. But that can also be skills. That could be a a strong level of discipline or extraordinary capacity to endure, to tolerate. These are all the things that come from the second desire of the soul. The third desire of the soul is, for, is pleasure. Now, brothers, pleasure is often interpreted to mean sensuality, right? Sensuality, lust. But the deeper understanding of it comes from the closenessness, comes from the intimacy. It's pleasure of all kinds, beauty, family, it's art, it's, it's seeing a sunrise, it's friendship, but it's also intimacy, it's also sensuality and lust. It's everything that brings us closer to each other, that drives us closer and more deeply into connection, to oneness, to closeness and intimacy. That is why for some people there's a temptation to say that this desire is lowly, that this desire is from the ego, that pleasure comes from the animal part of our nature. But I would offer that we consider whether any of us would exist if there was no desire or pleasure in the world. Remember, I'm not talking about desire with attachment. Desire with attachment is expectation. The truth is that desire for pleasure is the motivation behind all of our actions. And you guys know this from the motivational triad. 
Desire for pleasure is the motivation behind all of our actions as well as the avoidance of pain. Now, you might be throwing up your hand and saying, hey, whoa, if that's the case, then what about buffering? Wouldn't that be the soul's desire to simply get more pleasure? Because buffering is a form of false pleasure. So if I'm buffering, wouldn't that be a part of what my soul desires? Or how do I know, essentially, is the difference? It's one of the questions I get. How do I know? And brother, you know. This is what I'm going to give you for free. All right? This is what I'm going to give you for free. You don't need to enroll in the academy for this one. This is a question I get asked often enough that I'm just going to answer it. The question, how do I know the difference between a true pleasure and a false pleasure? How do I know the difference between a pleasure of my soul and a pleasure of my brain, <laughs> right? The dopamine, right? The pleasure that's just coming from my body, my ego, my desire for, or my need, right? My need to fulfill that lack or avoid that, the feeling of lack is, is, is more accurately put when we talk about buffering. How do I know the difference, coach? I get this question a lot. And brother, don't tell me that you don't know the difference. That's my answer to you because you do know the difference. You not knowing the difference is a fabrication for you to avoid knowing the difference, for you to avoid knowing that your soul seeks a certain type of pleasure and your beta condition, your brain essentially seeks to avoid pain through a different type of pleasure. Don't ask me to tell you the difference between up and down. Say, Coach, how do I know the difference between what's up and what's down? Don't ask me to tell you the difference between what's up and what's down. To explain that would be an act of silliness. You know, a fool's journey because up is up. It's always been up and down is down. It's always been down. And then don't say, well, what if I'm standing on my head, coach? How will I know the difference then? You will know the difference. You always know the difference between up and down. It's a part of the universal laws that govern vibration. You know the difference between the different types of pleasure. You know the difference between the pleasure of the soul <laughs> and the pleasure of the body. Sometimes they're the same, right? Because the body's pleasure the reason why the body is the vehicle of the soul is because it feels pleasure and pain. So sometimes they're the same. But you know the difference between false pleasure coming from an avoidance of an egoic pain versus the true soul's pleasure where you're engaged with in the moment and consciously. Now like I said, that's the universal law that governs vibration. And again, most of the time, the difference is not in kind, but in volume. It's not in kind, but in volume. It's in excess. Is it part of the soul's pleasure to enjoy, sample the, all the flavors, all the tastes in the third dimension? Right? All the candies, all the cookies, all the cakes, all the pies? Sure. Yeah, that's a part of the pleasure. To sample, to enjoy, to be in the moment, to be in the moment and allow that neutral data, that neutral information, the information that's coming from the chemicals, the neutral chemicals of sugar, the neutral chemical of sugar as it touches your taste buds of sweetness and it arouses your olfactory senses in the nose and enjoy all of that pleasure, all the pleasure that it brings and then move on to the next moment and then move on to the next moment where the next piece of pleasure comes from. The excess, the volume of it where you just keep eating more and more and more. I can't get enough. I can't get enough. That's the feeding of lack coming from the not self, coming from the ego, coming from the beta condition. I'm not, I don't get enough pleasure. I need more pleasure. I need more pleasure. 
Everything is pleasure. That's what I'm saying. That's why the soul has come here. Everything is pleasure. But if you don't know that, if you're not experiencing that, if you're not experiencing the everythingness of pleasure, then you are in a state of not enoughness. You are in that state of lack. That's how you know. And brother, you always know. Don't ask me to tell you which way is up, which way is down. And that's the third. That's the pleasure. Now, the fourth and final desire is the longing for liberation, is the longing for true freedom. And that's the release and that's a lot of what we do in the academy, to be completely candid with you. It's the movement through duality into a connection with oneness, the connection with our true source. It's the intrinsic desire to realize a state free from all boundaries, including the limitations of the other three desires, which essentially come from a state of separation. Because we couldn't have purpose without separation. We couldn't have means for purpose without separation, right? We couldn't have all the things and stuff. And of course, we wouldn't be able to feel the pleasures of vibration if we didn't have the body of, in separation. But this fourth desire of the soul is to realize its connection with oneness, even as it lives in separation, is to realize it never was out of connection. It was never not in oneness. And that's what I mean to awaken, brother. When I say awaken, when I say remember, it's not to gain something or to lose something. Nothing changes. That's why it happens in a moment, in an instant, in the divine instant, the holy moment. It happens now because now is the only place you've ever been. This is the desire that has been the driving force behind the world's spiritual traditions. It's the longing to know the eternal, to remember that you've never been not bound with the eternal. And that is beyond all limitation, beyond the province of the five senses, and of course beyond death, which I've talked about for a few months now, the death being the great illusion of the story that we tell ourselves, creating our identity, creating our ego, our beta condition. Do you realize that only the story dies, brother? This is probably one of the most important epiphanies that could ever be realized by your mind, not intellectually understood, but realized as in a revelation to know that death is an illusion. Yes, the body will go back to its you know, entropy, right? Just like our clothes. Think about our clothes. Think about a shirt or a sock or, or a pair of pants that you have. You've worn it. It's been washed. It's had some mileage on it. Of course, it's going to wet, tatter, wither down. It's going to get holes in it and strings are going to come out. And you don't mourn for your clothes as they move closer towards entropy, and yet you mourn for your body. There's so much fear around the body, so much fear around the body aging and dying. And it's only because the ego, the beta condition, has attached itself, has attached the story to the body, and you're living through that story rather than through the truth. The truth is that you're energy. The truth is that you've never not been energy, that you've never not been separated from the all-oneness. You know, it's this fourth desire of the soul that compels us to seek out the spiritual, to seek out prayer, meditation, contemplation, to seek out the surrender that I'm talking about. It's the longing for lasting peace or to be sacred, to have that experience. It's the longing to be free, to experience unfettered awareness, to be completely unburdened. It's the aspiration to be free of suffering and realize something beyond temporal pleasure. Fulfilling this desire gives us entry into the rarest and most sublime heights. The kingdom of heaven is within us.
Now, brothers, these are the four desires of the soul. They're the desires, of course, that we teach in the academy because we move from the unintentional model to the intentional model as a first step. And in that intentional model, these are what we look at. What is purpose? What is prosperity? And what is pleasure? That's the academy. The academy are the first three desires, purpose, prosperity, and pleasure. And then as you move into the path, you move from duality to non-duality. You move from illusion to truth. You move from scarcity to abundance, from lack to wholeness. Only through remembering. It's just remembering. You just remember. You remember because you've always been. It's critical to understand that learning to honor all four desires is key to achieving both worldly and spiritual fulfillment. Brother, I'm not telling you to leave the world, to go out and be in a cave. No, 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 just the opposite. How would you experience the pleasure this way? This is why that old tradition of aesthetics is gone. Not aesthetics, like how you look, but aesthetics, right? The monks, the recluse, the hermits, those that go into temples and ashrams and caves and mountains and turn away from the world to find and unite and unite with their energy, with their true self, with their soul. They turn away from the illusion. They turn away from the civilizations of the world. But I'm offering you not an either-or function, but a both-and function. That to fulfill your soul's desires to fulfill all four. And while your purpose may be preeminent in that it shapes the particular of the other three, no one of the four is greater or more important than the rest. That includes prosperity and it, and it includes pleasure. And I would even add, brother, that at various stages of your life, a particular desire often comes to the forefront as the one that needs to be focused on and fulfilled. Because perhaps if you're sick during a health crisis, it might be that your soul's innate desire for well-being and, and health would very likely become the preeminent desire over purpose, because your purpose can't be fulfilled until your health is returned. Then once you regain your health, you could expect your soul to move on and place greater emphasis on fulfilling one of the other three desires. But this is what you're here for. You are an energetic being. You're a being of light, brother, not a bag of meat. <laughs> what is it? It's Yoda, I think. Yoda says it. Yoda says that. Luminous beings we are, not this crude matter. Yeah, brother, you're energy. That's what the difference between the alpha state and the beta condition is. That's what I've been telling you for years. The alpha state, you are a soul, you are energy, you are light, you are love, you are a creator, a created creator. You are not the beta condition, you are not the story, you are not the set of rules and constructs and manuals and accumulation of knowledge that you've put into some sort of idea or story or identity to help you feel better <laughs> about being so scared because you don't know who you are. Do you understand that the identity, the illusion, the, the ego, the beta condition is just a substitute for ignorance. It's a substitute for not knowing that you're perfect energy, eternal energy, omnipresent energy, omnipresent, omnipotent, right? Everywhere and at all times. As that energetic being, as that spiritual thumbprint, as that soul that's here both as a unique individual here to fulfill those four desires and, and simultaneously living in all oneness, living in the oneness, 
where the boundary is nowhere and the center is everywhere. That's the only duality. <laughs> the oneness in the oneness. The oneness that's come to fulfill the, its purpose in oneness. To reflect back its oneness and report back its oneness to the all oneness so that the all oneness can experience all oneness. Listen to that. <laughs> Rewind it. Listen to that about five more times and I'll see you next week, brothers. Until then, elevate your alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash. Unleash.